Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. My name is Casey Cheshire. I'm your host for this epic journey. And today's show has a sponsor. Hello, who is this? Cheshire Impact. Wow, that's a similar name. Interesting. Who are these guys? What do they do? They're on a mission to simply help you with Pardot, Marketing Automation, and Salesforce CRM. That's it. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Now, my guest today, very exciting to introduce you to an expert. She is a public relations expert. She's the owner of Media Maven, an award-winning journalist. You might have even seen her on TV. And she's here to talk to us about how we can earn that media coverage. It's not just for the big boys. And so here today, Christina Nicholson, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Casey? I'm doing so good. It's Tuesday. I've got coffee. I've got water. I'm talking to you. I'm good. So the theme for today is all around getting that coverage, the, the understanding that, you know, I think sometimes marketers get so focused on the paid side, on the, you know, the, the metrics and all the other things. We wanted to just take a step back and say, hey, this, this PR thing, this media coverage, it's happening all around us. We're probably watching it, but we don't think we're taking part in it. So what I want to do is just pass you Thor's hammer here. And I'd like you to just smash some myths. Like, what are you hearing around, around media, around coverage? What, what kind of myths do you hear? Let's just, just take them apart. Yeah, well, there's a few big ones. And I feel like a lot of small business owners, they always give themselves the excuse that they are not ready for publicity. Sure. They think that they need to have this big brand and already be super successful or already be bringing in lots of money for the media to actually care about what they're doing. Uh. And that's not true at all. I've worked with many, many people who are either brand new in their business and not making any money, or they just started their business and it's still a side hustle or maybe they've been in their business for years, but they're not profiting and nobody knows about them. And I have gotten them local and national coverage. So I feel like there are so many small business owners and I feel like sometimes they're making excuses just because mm -hmm. they really just don't feel comfortable stepping into the limelight like that. But they also really feel like they are not worthy of the media coverage and so I think that's the first myth that I want to bust right off the top is you don't need to be big. You don't need to be successful, whatever that means to you. You don't need to be super profitable. You don't need to be profitable at all to earn media coverage. You just need to have what the journalist is looking for in the right place at the right time. And you can get that coverage and be seen in front of your ideal customer or client, thousands, even millions of them without wow. spending any money. Wow. So uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, what are they looking for? But you, ju you just nailed it. You, know, you don't have to be big. You don't have to be successful. You don't even have to be making profit yet, just yet. Some of these things we're probably holding ourselves accountable. Oh, well, I don't have this yet. I don't have that yet. So what are they looking for? Just something that makes a good story? Is that essentially what it is? It really is. And what I tell people is don't think about it like you want a journalist to promote you and your business. Instead, you want to think about it like I'm going to help the journalist do his or her job. Right. Because nobody's going to give you a free commercial. That's not their job. <laughs> they don't care about promoting you. I mean, right. as wonderful as that would be, that's just not how it works. So think about how you can help the journalist do his or her job. And a easy way to do this is to look at what's already being discussed in the news. What are people already talking about? And 
locally or nationally, it doesn't matter. Um, what are people already talking about and how does that relate to you and your expertise? So for example, um, I won't take on a client if I feel like I can't help them. And there's one, there's some industries I don't like working in. So I sure. don't have clients in those industries, but like one, what kind of industries, what's the, what? Yeah. What? One of them specifically is like, if you're an attorney who does wills and trusts, I'll take you on for other things. I think, you know, there's some great, um, there's some great ways we could get you organic traffic through a yeah. blog with, with, you know, focusing on, on certain keywords. But when it comes to earning publicity, it's just not my thing. Yeah. However, when Prince died and he didn't have a will, everybody was talking about it. When yeah. Aretha Franklin died and didn't have a will, everybody was talking about it. Is. So as a lawyer who focuses in this industry, that's your opportunity to get a whole bunch of coverage because people are already talking about something that is happening in your industry and you are the expert. You can talk about what happens now, how you can avoid this, how easy it is to get something in place to ensure this doesn't happen to you. What are the first three steps? Who you should call, when you should plan, how you should plan. There are so many things, so many questions people have as they're talking about Prince or Aretha Franklin that you can share your expertise. So when we ask, well, what does a journalist want? What are they looking for? Yeah. If they're already talking about something, see how you can contribute your expertise to what's being discussed. And that's going to be your low hanging fruit on how you can get coverage. Huh? I love this. It's like all about helping, right? It's, it's in, and we even tell people this on the sales side, it's not, it's not about buy my widget. In this case, it's not about make me a star. It's no, I want to help you, Mr. Reporter or journalist or, or person writing this blog or mega article. I want to help you better do your job with that information that you can go try to find, but it might take you a while to find it and compile it all. So talk to an expert, you know, get some good quotes in there. So it's all about helping. That's, it's really cool that a lot of things, whether it's SEO or in this case in, in media coverage, it's all about helping the other person out first and that, that's how you get rewarded. That's how you get that coverage. Huh. It's like a side effect when you help yeah. them do their job. If it's in your industry or in your niche, like as a side effect, you're going to get mentioned. You're going to get that link back. So you always have to just stop being so promotional. That's the biggest mistake people made. When I was in TV and people would pitch me and they would send emails, it was all about them and how great they were. And it's like, why is this a story? Why right. do my viewers care about this? They don't. So just help them do their job. And by default, you will get your promotion. I love that. Why is this a story? You know, trying to think about it as a storyteller. There's a lot of talk out there about storyteller marketing, be a storyteller, you know, write your content like you're a movie, you know, um, showrunner or something like that. But yeah, what's the story behind it? Good content and good media. It's almost hand in hand. You know, you could write bad content all by yourself. You could have bad media all by yourself, but it's not going to get past the editor. So it's like, you know, what, what makes this, what makes a good story? Do you think in, in your opinion, what, what are the sort of the, the things that people latch onto? Well, there's a few things. Um, a big one is timeliness, like we talked about. If people yeah. are already talking about something, then it's newsworthy. It's proven to be newsworthy. It's already in the news. Right. Just try to bring your expertise into it to localize it in the area that you live in or to just add value or add a different angle. So you definitely want to be timely. You need to give the journalist a reason to do that story now or a reason to contact you now. 
Um, and then you also have to have, I call them the three E's. You have to be educational. So tell them something that they don't know. They've never heard of it before. Yep. You have to be entertaining because we all have an attention span of like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, totally. We're gone. And then the third E, which is the hardest to get, is some kind of emotional element. So I'll give you another specific example. Yeah. I had a client who was creating some kind of software to help um, high school students figure out where they should go to college based on how they answered these survey questions. Huh, okay. And we were getting him some coverage, but we were held back a little bit because we didn't have a student. We needed that real person. That's what we call them in TV, real people. We needed that real call, person. They really call them real people? Yeah, we call them real people. We need That's a real awesome. person. <laughs> we needed that real person to talk about their emotional experience. It's like if you're doing, if you're in the health and wellness field and maybe you're helping somebody lose weight, you can talk about how great you are and what you do all you want, but the real person would be that person who started with you and now they're down 50 pounds. That's who the audience wants to hear from. They don't want to hear about you and your expertise. Yeah, that's part of it. But the bigger part of it is that real person talking about their emotional story with you from start to finish. So sure. you want to educate them, you want to entertain them, and you want to have some sort of emotion in there as well. Oh, that's so key. You know, and I, I remember hearing a talk around what makes the best TED talk is some kind of personal story. And I think you actually just recently did. Did you do TED recently or was it a while yeah, ago? Yeah, I just did a TEDx talk here in yeah. Boca Raton and I actually started with a story. I was talking about fake news and how fake news is your fault. And <laughs> nice. instead of just talking about my expertise in general, I started with a story about my friend who is in the news business who was attacked on Twitter because a stranger across the country tweeted something that wasn't true. Everybody hopped on the bandwagon and started retweeting it. And my friend was like an innocent victim of fake news because one person tweeted something totally random. Right. So yeah, I did start with a story and that's what resonated with people because you can share your expertise all you want, but when you actually put it into perspective and share mm. A, a specific story on how that expertise plays out, it means so much more to the audience and they can actually visualize it. And that's important. Right. It almost takes it out of the clouds, right? Like these lofty people on stage with their perfect wardrobe and their cool shoes. No, no, no. Real story. We're all the same. We're all a person, a real person. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it takes, so even if you're, you're the one presenting, it's taking, taking it so that I'm not this, this almighty speaker here. No, no, I'm one of you. I, I had a friend that just had this experience. Now everyone's engaged. Now you can, you know, do the, the educational part because you, you hook them with that original story. Right. Exactly. And that's what people remember is they remember stories like your expertise oh, is great, but when you put your expertise into play with the story, that means so much more. And a lot of people, they just promote their expertise, which is great. If you are tying it to a story, like we'll use the Prince and Aretha Franklin's um, example, sure. we're tying that expertise to a story that already exists. But just promoting your expertise isn't going to be enough. You need to have a story and it needs to be timely, a reason to do that story now. Awesome. So emotional, entertaining, educational. Yes. So cool. The three E's. 
the three E's. And real people. I have a question. You know, the clients you work with, are a lot of them like consumer-facing brands? Do you have any any uh, groups you work with that are, are selling to other businesses? Does that, does that, does it get more tricky when you do the B2B thing? Because a lot of people listening here are like, I'm still into another company. Can I still get coverage? And maybe, you know, where do I find that? Yeah, no, I mean, really, the strategies are the same. It's just your targets are different. Okay. And even if you're B2C or B2B, you always want to somehow be B2B. So let me explain what that means. If you're yeah. B2C, say you have um, a product and you sell this product to business owners or you sell it to people who care about health and wellness, whatever it is, you are going to craft your pitches around that it's going to somehow always go back to your product. But you're also an expert in building a business because you have a business. We wanna hear your entrepreneurial right. story of how sure. you started your business. So let me give you another example because we're all about the storytelling here. All about the stories. <laughs> so I had a client who had a baby product. Okay. So we got him um, on the Rachel Ratio, for example, because that wow. in front of moms. Yeah. But we also got him telling his dadpreneur story <laughs> on entrepreneur.com, on businessinsider.com. Wow. And he was talking about how he started his business and his garage. He saw a need to um, solve this problem he was having with his son who couldn't, you know, feed off of the bottle, whatever. So that's how he started his business. So when he's talking about his business story, he is by default promoting his baby product, which we also pitch B2C to get in front of the moms. Right. So that's an example of doing both. Now B2B, I mean, it's really the same thing. You're just going to get clear on who is your audience. If they're other business mm. owners, what are they reading? What are they watching? What are they listening to? Um, if it's podcasts, then get on podcasts. If it is Inc. Magazine, then make sure you are building relationships with contributors and writers. So next time they're doing something that's up your alley, they know to go to you for a quote because they've already learned to know, like, and trust you. Um, right. So really with B2B, it's the same thing. I would also suggest being very active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is um, a place where I get a lot of, a lot of leads just because I'm B2B and people who are on LinkedIn um, on a regular basis, they're more, I don't want to say devoted to their business, but <laughs> sure. they, they, they are a little bit, you know, it's, it's just a completely different platform than all the other social networks. It's business focused. Yeah. So if you're B2B, LinkedIn is going to be a good spot for you to share your expertise and share content that your audience would enjoy reading. Right. No, this is cool. You've actually, I don't know if this is psychic Tuesday, but you've already started to predict my next question, which is <laughs> once you're clear in your audience, how do you know where they're at? Is that something you help your customers figure out like where they're at? I mean, LinkedIn sounds like a good one, but in terms of like media coverage. Yeah. So a lot of times, and it's crazy how it works this way. A lot of times you are your own avatar. <laughs> right. um, I know where I want to be featured is the same as where my audience is consuming content. So you can just, that's like the first rule of thumb, like check that. Are you your own avatar? Um, but then also, you need to find out more about who you're serving because you don't want to spend time pitching if you're going to land stuff in the wrong places, which it's great because you're getting yeah. that coverage and it doesn't hurt. You know, it adds your credibility and authority, but you're not going to see an ROI if you're constantly in front of the wrong people. I have a client who they have a side hustle. This is a great example of it is never too soon to start um, earning PR. 
I have a client who the side hustle is um, a running and a fitness app. And these guys just do it on the side, um, trying to make some money. And I got them on the Today Show, which is great. There's almost 4 million people watched that. Um, yeah, almost 4 million people watched them on the Today Show. So that's amazing, right? But there's probably a lot of people watching the Today Show who hate running. So that's not their audience. Uh, but the yeah. show is very helpful because they can put that video on their website. Right. They can put that logo on their marketing materials. They can share that segment on their social media for the rest of you know their lives. But then a few months later, we got them in Runner's World, which still tons of web, uh, website traffic. The magazine has a circulation of almost 700,000. Huge outlet. It's called Runner's World. Right. And their industry is running. That is what their product is based right. on. So it's safe to assume that everybody who's visiting the website or reading the magazine cares about running. And that was actually their number one goal. So even though that outlet is much smaller, it is so much more niched. It is where their audience is. So it's where they're more likely to see an ROI. So you do need to get clear on who you're targeting right. to make sure the way you spend your, your time, I was going to say money, but we're not spending money here. The way you spend your time is useful and you're actually earning the publicity to profit. What a cool story that they went from, it's almost like the USA Today, Bigger Pub was the stepping stone for the real goal, which was getting in that runner's world so that runner's world could say, hey, these guys were featured in USA Today. We have great you know, stories for you or whatever. It just, it, it gave them that, credibility or whatever it did to didn't to encourage them did did you use that that coverage to help pitch runner's world on the story yeah, sometimes so after you start getting a lot of coverage you definitely want to tell the new people you're pitching oh yeah by the way we've been already been featured here here and here just because it already adds that credibility yeah, it so does them, we actually got a lot of success super fast we got the today show um, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Jeez. men's fitness, women's running, runner's world didn't come till months after. Um, but I can tell you that the Today Show picked up on them from the Washington Post article. And that's how it works. Like at first, you really need to work hard to keep putting yourself out there. But once you start landing this coverage, one media outlet will see it somewhere <laughs> else. And yeah. then they'll call you and yeah, they're borrow. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pitch yourself because they're all coming to you. So that's the great, the great part about being consistent with pitching the media and earning coverage. And I mean, getting in front of your ideal customer or client, like hundreds of thousands of them without spending a dime is pretty impressive. Yeah. Like I, the, when you shared the USA today, I'm like, that's gigantic. I mean, if I'm in a hotel, Oh, was this the show or was this the, the newspaper? No, it was the Today Show. Oh, I'm sorry, the Today Show. Yeah. yeah, the Today Show. So are you just that good or is this like a really compelling story or both? Or how, is it easier than we think to get in those things? Or I mean, well, how did you- Let me tell you how this works. Yeah. So these guys came to me and they were like, we have this app and we hired PR and it's not working. And I was like, well, what's your per current person doing? And he said, oh, he's just sending, pre he's writing press releases uh. and sending them out. So I, I was like, all right, well, send me one. And the press release, it was all about their fitness app. And I was right. like, well, there's a million apps out there. Fitness apps are a dime a dozen. This isn't newsworthy. And I was like, you guys, tell me a little bit more about you, your business, why you created this app, because nobody's picking up this because you're just talking about your app. Like people totally. are going to care. And like, no offense, but that's the way it is. 
Um, and so it turns out that there are two guys. One of them was a personal trainer and the other one actually used to weigh like 400 pounds and ended up losing half of his body weight. Whoa. And he saw a need for this app, so he created it. And I was like, okay, well, that's what we're going to pitch. Hell yeah, that's a story. We're going to talk <laughs> about how you lost half of your body weight Jeez. by running, and you saw a need for something like this, so you created the app. So when we focused on more of a story and how this guy lost half of his body weight, and he saw a void, in the health and wellness field. So he created something. That's when we started landing the coverage. That's a story. Yeah. Even when you said it, I was like, oh, duh, no brain. I want to hear about that. I mean, can you even share what app it is or? Yeah. The frustrating thing is that so many people, they're like, no, 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 but I don't want to talk about me or I don't want to talk about this. I just want, I just want promotion for this one thing. And it's like, yes, I know you do. But if you do, you're going to have to shell out a lot of money to get it. Because if you want somebody to be interested and choose to put this on their platform, you got to tell a story. They're not going to promote it. And it, I think that's, that's a hard part of getting through to people is that they think their product or their service is so great. It's worthy of coverage just because, and that's just not the case. So you have to reel it in and stop thinking about overly promoting yourself right. to actually get the promotion. Cause you're working against yourself when you're always like, no, but I want this promoted. I want this promoted. Like just let them do what they do and right. you will get your promotion. You know, you brought up a, an interesting part the idea of like, I don't want to talk about me. I mean, even I struggle with this. Sometimes I'll see people that are just way out there and they're being so promotionally and I'm just like, Ugh, it just feels icky. Um, but then I'm like, well, they're, they're probably getting out there. Um, but you know, it's almost like that idea of like, Oh, I'm like humble or something. You know, is that where someone like you comes in handy just to say like, I get it. You're humble. You're a nice guy, but look, there's a story to tell. Or like with this, I'm sure that the guy that lost the 200 pounds, he was like, eh, you know, I, something I believe in, I don't really want to be a hero, but yeah. there's a story to be told there. You know? Well, I do a couple of things. One of them is with that example. Um, he was good about that, but there yeah. are lots of people who are like, oh, but I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to be known for this and that. And it's like, okay, well then if you don't want to be known for that, that's the newsworthy element we have here. <laughs> if you don't want to pitch it, then you're not going to get anything because nobody's going to promote you. You can keep trying <laughs> to play. Good luck to you, but it's not going to work out too well. So I just, I mean, I just keep it real with them. Yeah. Um, but then the other part is you just have to get over it. Like, yeah. nobody is going to do business with you if they don't know about you. So if there are certain ways that people can get to know about you and what you do a little bit better, you just need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's like the only way to grow your business. I, I mean, love that. and you also need to think about the way you consume content online when it's super promotional, you don't care. You check out because it's obvious. This person is just trying to sell you something, yep. but when they come at it from look, I'm here educating you. I'm here entertaining you. And look, I'm making you feel some kind of emotion. Then you're sucked in and you know, like, and trust somebody right away. They're always going to be top of mind. So when you do need them, you're going to go straight to them. Right. Right. So get over the initial, I, I love that quote, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get yeah. over it. Get and over it. Sucks. it. Yeah. Like it sucks. We all don't want to go outside of our comfort zone, but if you want to be successful in business, Sometimes you have to. Totally, totally. And then at the same time, you don't need to sell yourself out. Be continue being helpful. 
you know, telling your story because with the intent, I think the intent matters too. If your intent is to, you know, sell more of your stupid app, that's one thing. But if your intent is to help more people, in this case, lose the weight or, you know, find that happiness or whatever, the, you know, the problem you had and you want to try to solve it so other people don't have to deal with that, that just makes it all much, it's a stronger story and it just feels better telling it too. Yeah, it's totally different. And the person on the other end can see it. Um, I work a lot with Pat Flynn. He's, I'm in his accelerator program and he's built his entire amazing business on just being helpful. Got it. I love that. Just the whole business built just on being helpful. You know, this brings up the next question. And I think this might even be a myth to smash. When you mentioned that it really took off for them. They were in um, the Today Show, they're in the Post, they're in all these different coverages, Runner's World, their ideal play, things are blowing up. My thought was like, man, even to myself, am I ready, right? And I'm sure people are thinking like, am I ready for this? Uh, what happens? Do I need to get ready? Or, you know, is that a hang up? Or you know, are there some things you should do first, but then just let it go? That's a great question. Okay, one, if you are ready, to have a new customer or a new client, then yes, you're ready. Okay. <laughs> because again, this is all about just making yourself visible. Again, people can't do business with you if they don't know about you. So right. you need to get known. Um, but you should have some things ready. And I'll give you an example. I had a client who had a website that just, it didn't look good. It was, oh, there was like yeah. way too, it was just way overdone. It was Built the nineties. Uh, not, I'm in the little <laughs> 90s and just too much going on. And yeah. she always said, um, oh, well, my SEO person says this is good for SEO. And I'm like, Ugh. well, I it and it looks terrible. So whatever. Yeah. Um, was super close to getting her on Good Morning America. And a producer looked at her website and said, I can't put her on with the yeah. website that looks like this because when we put her on, that's like us endorsing her. Yes. And it's going to make us look bad if they go to her website and we brought somebody on our show with this website. So she didn't get good morning America for that reason. After uh, this, she changed it, but then it was too late. You know, good morning. No. Around on you. No. So, Can you circle yeah. back around and be like, Hey, remember us? Or are they no. just, it's gone. No, it's totally gone because uh, how many people want to be on good morning America? Come on. A few. You <laughs> like you missed it. So, yeah. You definitely want to make sure your digital footprint looks okay. When people yeah. Google you, what are they going to find? Um, and you don't even have to have, you know, all the bells and whistles. You really don't even have to have a website. I've gotten many, many people, lots of coverage with not even having a website. But when they search you, can they find you? Because what's the point of earning coverage if people can't go back and learn more or sure. call you or email you or get on sure. your email list, whatever it is. So you definitely want to have some kind of digital footprint that reinforces what you're pitching. So when I pitch myself and I say, I am a media expert, you can see lots of articles that I've written for Inc or Fast Company or HuffPost. You can wow. see my LinkedIn, my website. So when you search me, I have that digital footprint that right. backs up my brand. So and that's, that's great because you control a lot of that. You control your website and you choose what you put on your social media. Um, so I think it's important for you to be really conscious of what you're putting out there on your platforms. Is it your expertise? Is it something that your ideal customer or client would want to see? Got it. Ouch. What a story though. Again, back to stories and emotion. 
man, that ship had sailed for that. That makes person. you feel, doesn't it, Casey? Uh, like in, in the fact that there's no, there's no, um, you know, second, you know, second try here. It's like you had that eye span, that attention of that, you know, not even like a consumer attention span, like someone doing their job, they got to crunch through all these different potential stories. Like, oh, this is a cool story. And then, oh, the website's horrible. So next, you know, there's and more. It's frustrating to me because now I have another mentoring client. So I don't just have a PR agency, but I also mentor small business owners where I basically oh, cool. just tell them what to do when they do it. Oh, and I sweet. have another one who has a similar website problem and I'm telling him and some people, they just, you know, I can't make you do anything. I can't right. make you change your website. I can't yep. make you pitch somebody a certain way, um, but I'm just going to tell you from experience, this is probably what's going to happen if you move, continue to move forward this way. And some people, they're just not as coachable as others. They don't want to make the change. And it sucks because you're going to miss opportunities, but. That is what it is, I guess. I uh, guess. You know, you know it's, it's interesting. Uh, that's the challenge with coaching and mentorship. And I, I did a little volunteer work for SCORE. I don't know if you've heard of SCORE. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and it did some work for them. They're like super early, like idea stage businesses oftentimes. Um, and some people might have the greatest ideas, but it really all came down to execution. You know, it all came down to, are you going to actually do this? You know, I could tell you what to do, but, you know, so it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a, it's a selfless thing to do. But it, to your point, it could be like, oh, just do this. Or, you know, give me the login for your website. I'll fix it, you know? And it's frustrating because like I've, I've invest, I invest in business coaching yeah, and me too. I know that when I pay somebody who is more successful than me to tell me what to do, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. Right. That's why I am paying them. <laughs> and there's people who pay me to tell them what to do. And I tell them and they fight me on everything. And it's like, it's like, well, what are you paying me for? You know? And then I have people who they reach out to me and they're thinking about getting my help and they say, you know, my business isn't where I want it to be. And then I'll give them, you know, like I'll say, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? And I had one woman who, um, she was trying to sell a consumer product on LinkedIn and she kept saying, Oh, LinkedIn is my playground and I have so many connections. And I said, well, how many of these have you sold on LinkedIn? Oh, well, I haven't sold any, but I have 30,000 connections. And it's like, well, 30,000 people don't care about what you're selling. That's not right. Working, so you need to try <laughs> something else. But she wanted to keep going back and tell me all about her connections on LinkedIn and how she's always on LinkedIn. And, but if it's not giving you a profit, then you don't have a business where LinkedIn is proving to be a good lead generation site for you. Right, right. You know, it, what's great, I mean, I, I love, uh, so I, I have a couple of coaches actually. Um, one's for like, to your point, like a business coach, CEO that's been, you know, many, many steps in front of me. He's already experienced many of the things that I experienced. It almost, it almost seems like he's a fortune teller because he'll say, okay, with this particular situation, this is typically what happens. I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, it's exactly what he said happened, happens because he's been there before. So, I mean, to your point, we have these people. We need to listen to them. Um, you know, it, it's your own journey you're hiking on, but at the same time, you got to, when, when people that are smarter than you have those ideas, like, go ahead and listen to them, you know, give them some credit. There's a lot of, um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if people are overly confident or if they don't want to step outside of their comfort zone or if they feel like they're losing control, mm. but it's, it's clear 
that something isn't working and they don't want to do anything else differently. Right. And it's just, it just kind of, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, because you know, you could be more successful, you know, you could be, that's why you're reaching out to me and other people. Um, but you still don't want to do the work that we have told you, oh, but proven results. If you do this, this is what will happen. So it's a little, it's a little frustrating and I don't understand it just because I'm not, you know, like I said, if I pay you to teach me, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Yeah. Uh, I I do think people- And how high, right? I'm going to jump and I'm going to jump. How high do you want me to jump? Yeah. If not, it's a waste of money, right? Totally. Um, it's like hiring a personal trainer and then they, they tell you the exercise. Oh no, that looks great. I'm sure it works for you, but I'm going to do it this way. One more rep? No, no, I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. Good luck to you. Thanks. <laughs> so what else on that list of things that people do or don't listen to you on? Uh, we got to have our digital footprint ready. Are there any other things to get ready? Do I need to lose 20 pounds and get a TV face? No, you know? that doesn't matter. That doesn't it doesn't matter. matter? Okay. No, I think, um, I think really another big thing is to stop promoting yourself. Like everybody yeah. goes back to it. Like I can tell you over and over again, and then they'll write a pitch and I'm like, no, but this is so overly promotional. It's all about you. It doesn't help the journalist. It only helps you. And you can't, you have to really be careful with your wording and okay. how you say things. Um, and then it's also important, especially with the media to get on Twitter. Lots of um, people in the media are on Twitter, uh, especially traditional media. When we talk about influencers and, and things like that, that's more, I mean, it just depends on the influencer, I guess. Yeah. But more people who are who are really um, members of the media, they're on Twitter. So just get on there and have conversations. Don't think about pitching. Just, you know, read their articles, share them on Twitter, tag them. So when you do send an email or you do pitch, it's not cold. It doesn't come out of the blue. So it's definitely important to start building those relationships. Now, you don't need to have a relationship to get coverage. All those big ones that I named, the Today Show, Rachel Ray, Washington Post, Runner's World, I did all that without a relationship. I just had okay. a good story. Right. So. Yes, relationships help just like anything else in business, but they're not necessary. Right. You know, and I, I even think about the Twitter thing. It, it's such a light touch. It's, it's, you know, whenever I see someone with Twitter and it's like locked and private, I'm like, you missed the point. That's yeah. Facebook. You know, like even some people even open that up too. But like private family photos, Facebook, like open public facing presentation, Twitter. And it's such a light touch. I can follow you and listen to what you say without having to even know you. So you can have people listening to your, your shares and you know, maybe a little bit of personal stuff and then a lot about your business and the value you're trying to help people out with. Uh, and that all happens on Twitter. It makes total sense that you know, a great thing to put on there. And to your point about the digital footprint, that's a, like a no-brainer. You put your name on Twitter, you have an account, you use it a couple times, it's like third on your search rank like right away. You yeah. know, so it makes total sense. And I actually, I just, I think it was like two days ago, I, I looked at something on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, that's a really cool article. Somebody written about B2B something. And then I, I was like, I got to have this guy on the podcast. I love to talk to him. I, I could learn from this person, right? So I was like, this is great. And, um, and I looked and I'm, and I'm not a connection on LinkedIn. Okay. So I commented on the thing. Um, and I, I tried to add him as a connection and it, and it required an email address. I hate when people do that. Ah! I hate that. I'm trying to contact him to say be on my podcast and I can't. And so I did a little where I commented on the thing, said, Hey, great article. He liked it, said thanks, Casey. And then I went and I found him on Twitter, to your point, followed him. He followed me back. 
And I said, Hey, you know, I'd love to chat with you. And so we made that connection. So if he hadn't had Twitter, I probably would have dropped it. Cause I, I, I can't connect with you on LinkedIn. I don't know where else I'm going to go. I could go to your website, I guess. But like, it was so easy to do that having Twitter. Yeah. And it, it could have been easier. So like another lesson could have been making your stuff so private, <laughs> right. especially on a platform like LinkedIn when it's all business. That doesn't make sense. Like I understand some things, you know, maybe Facebook, maybe Instagram, depending on how you're using it. But some platforms, like especially if you are a business owner, you are trying to build your brand. You can't be keeping your stuff private. You got to let people find you because most people after LinkedIn, they would have given up. They would not have gone to Twitter to try to make the connection. So, right. you know, I'm sure people have tried to connect with this person before on LinkedIn and they've just given up because he made it hard for them. So right. make it easy for people to get in contact with you. Yeah, I love that. That's a great takeaway. Easy to get in contact. So your website looks good. You're not being this promotional crazy person and you make it easy for people to contact you. And I don't yeah. need to lose the 20 pounds and get a TV face no, because it's about don't. the story, right? It's not the you promotional side. To. Okay, cool. I like this. So, so people are ready. So what really, what's the, the next step then? I mean, you know, we've thought about who our audience is. We're, we're, we're thinking about ourselves. Are we the avatar? Like you said, are we, are we the people we're going after? Mm -hmm. And then we're ready. We got that footprint ready. We're on Twitter. Where, where do you take them after that? Yeah, I think now the, the, it's just to send a pitch, write something. Is there something happening in the news nationally? Is there something happening locally where you live? Cause you have to remember you're a little bit more newsworthy locally because you live in that place. Right. Um, so that's going to help you. Um, and then put together a pitch. Like why should you be interviewed by a journalist? What do you have to offer them right now with what angle? And look online, search for their contact information and mm. send them a pitch. Even if you're not ready to pitch, which you are ready, but if you're going to give yourself that excuse and not be ready, <laughs> send an introduction email and just say, hey, I read your stuff. I like it. Let me know if you um, ever need anything from me. This is what I do. On Just this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do journalists still use those sites that are like help a journalist or help a writer? Oh, help a reporter out. Yeah. Well, yeah, but so does everybody else and their mother and their <laughs> brother and their uncle and their cousin. And it's really gone downhill. Has it gone lot. downhill? Yeah. It's gone downhill a lot. Like people are even using that to like fish for advertisements. Like you'll see something Ugh. great and reply and then they'll reply back and say, oh yeah, would you like to buy an ad for this? Like they're not supposed Dude, to do it like that. But party foul. Yeah. Um, but it's still super easy because you don't have to think of a pitch. You can just hop on, help a reporter out. You get your three emails a day. Those journalists, they already have the stories they're working on. And right. if you have something that could help them, you just reply. So it's definitely something that you could do. Um, it's three email, email a day. You got you to gotta go through 60 different queries each time. Ooh. But that's low-hanging fruit because you don't have to be creative. You don't got to think of a story. You just respond exactly. Now respond exactly what they're asking for. I mean, I've, I've used it before on both sides. And I was shocked at some of the responses I got. First of all, they get hundreds. Um, and second okay. of all, some people, they weren't even answering the question. They were just like, here's my book. My book is about <laughs> this. And I'm like, what in the world? Like you just wasted two minutes of your time to send oh, me that. Oh man. Um, yeah. So don't do that. Um, but yeah, it, it can definitely be helpful. I don't like how everybody's anonymous on there. Sometimes you don't know 
where you're going to get the coverage. Sometimes it's like, you know, a neighbor who has a blog out of his basement that only his mom reads, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, you definitely, if you are going to use hair on a regular basis, you do want to set up Google alerts for your name and your business because when they do use what you send them, um, they won't tell you. <laughs> so of course. You want to get an alert that like, oh, look, I'm featured in the media here type of thing. Right. Just be aware and be listening for that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, you just have so much information. The question I have now is like, who are you? Where did you come from? How did you acquire all this expertise and end up on TV and now helping other people get on TV and articles and all this? Yeah. Well, I came from Ohio. Yeah. What I live part, in actually? Now. What Columbus part of Ohio? area. Okay. I, I lived in the, the Dayton area for a little bit. Okay. My dad yeah. went Dayton. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. Mine was in the air force there. So there's a little air base yeah, yeah. Um, over okay, there. So cool. yeah, small world. Okay. So you came from Ohio. I came from Ohio. Um, and then the furthest I can go back, which I didn't even remember this, but I saw an old home video where my uncle was skydiving and I was like, jumped in front of the camera and I was like, this is Christina reporting live. And I was doing that when I was little, I was probably like seven or eight or something. For a skydive um, video? Like he was he was, he was gonna like go getting ready to skydive and they were all like yelling at me to get out of the way because I was trying to report in front of it. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And then in eighth grade, we had a career day where you would go and like shadow somebody. Yep. And um, I lived like an hour north of Columbus. So I couldn't go to like the TV station. So instead I went to the local cable station. Okay. Which was just like the church channel. And I <laughs> yeah. stood like behind a lectern and I read the announcements and that was me like being a hey. news anchor in eighth sure. grade. So that's as far That was eighth grade? Yeah, that was eighth grade. So you kind of um, knew from that, that earlier video. I guess so, yeah. So then I went to school. I went to Ohio State for journalism. Yeah. And then I started, you know, you work your way up in TV. You start small. I worked at a cable station in the Bronx then the ABC station in Beaumont, the CBS station in Fort Myers, and then my last one was the NBC station in Miami, where I was for four years before getting out of the business and going into PR. I worked at a PR agency wow. for six months, and then I've had my own agency for over three years now. Okay. And then um, I more recently started the mentoring program because I had a lot of small business owners and solopreneurs coming to me, and they wanted what my agency offered but they didn't have thousands of dollars a month to put into their marketing. So I said, all right, let me charge you a fraction of that. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you what I would do for you if you were a client and then you just have to go do it yourself. Go do it yourself. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, the agency, the agency can be only as good as the people you're pitching. Right. So this, you know, it's like, unless I can control everything, we may not even get you on there because look, I got you in front of them and then your website was bad, right? So right. there's all those ingredients that have to happen. So in this case, you were like, okay, you're in control of everything, but I'm going to advise you on all the different steps. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. And it, there was just such a need for it. And really, again, going back to the myth of people feeling like they're not ready it's actually easier for a small business owner to earn coverage because they don't have all this red tape. Like with the bigger okay. business owners, they're so scared of, oh, well, what are they going to say? And how are they going to write it? And we need our lawyer to approve this first. Oh, and give me a week so I can get everything in order. And with a small business owner, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Like right now. <laughs> yeah. So really a small business owner or a solopreneur, they have a big advantage that these bigger businesses don't have and they just don't realize it. 
Makes a lot of sense. You know, what was TV like? So, and I, I bet Miami was a lot more fun than than uh, upstate New York or, or wherever you were at. Fun, fun is an interesting word to describe it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, sometimes it was fun. You know, like I got to interview David Beckham and LeBron oh, yeah. James, and I interviewed the situation in a tanning bed. <laughs> so, like, you do get to do some fun things. Yeah. Um, but local news, it really is a lot of it is crime. So a lot of it is sitting outside of a crime scene, not fun. Um, it's long hours, um, especially down here in South Florida. It's standing in tropical storms and hurricanes for hours. You do the whole lean over thing. You're like, oh, I'm getting blown away, Alex. I did not. <laughs> um, I, I did not um, ever almost blow away. Right. But good. I stand in some stuff and it it was I feel like it's like fun for the first 15 minutes but by hour five yeah soaking wet you're hungry yeah. you have to pee but everything's closed so you can't eat you can't pee it's like it's not fun after a few hours yeah you're right um, everything would be closed there's like just you and a, yeah is it like a van like like on the yeah. ninja turtles like april o'neill yeah exactly like that okay <laughs> <laughs> it so. is yeah, and, and you're like, you just got your eye, and they're like, okay, we need another shot. Like, let's go back back out into the torrential downpour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun, but after having a couple of kids and needing a flexible schedule, that's totally. when I moved from TV to PR. And I still do TV stuff. Like, I'm okay. still hosting segments on Lifetime TV. Um, I still do some local stuff on TV, but it's more the fun stuff, and it's on yeah. my own time. Right. So, yeah, so it's a little better the way the way it's working now. Yeah, kids can kind of hop in there and and uh, mix things up a little bit, you know. And there's so much time that you need on them. And then what you also realize is they're usually way more important than whatever you're doing at the time. You know, you're like, "Hey, I'm building some landing pages." Okay, kid. Like my whole life now, I just totally different because you're like, that's way more important than than a lot of these other things I thought were important. You know. Yeah, and it it, it is different for me. The biggest thing was just having that flexible schedule. Yeah. Um, my family's in Ohio. My husband's family's in Canada. We're both in South Florida. So I needed a flexible schedule and I realized quickly that nobody was going to give it to me. Right. Um, no matter what I did, no matter how hard <laughs> I worked, no matter what I told them. Sure. So I had to start my own business to, to make my own schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you've got that and you've got the mentorship and you've got a podcast as well. Yeah. So I just tell me about it. My podcast, it's called Become a Media Maven, oh. and it's all about media and marketing. I've had some great guests. I've had Pat Flynn was on um, from Smart Passive Income, Dana Malstaff with Boss Mom, YouTuber Amy Landino, and we're all talking just about ways to get more visibility and, and ways to grow your businesses. I have some great people um, from my PR and media circles that are coming oh, cool. on. Yeah, so I'm super excited about it become a media maven what what yeah. kind of style is it do you is it in, like long interview short interview or it's about each episode is around half an hour sure um the first one i think once a quarter i'm gonna go solo but um yeah. every other episode most episodes you will have a guest where we're kind of learning from and i'm selfishly picking the guests that i can learn from my gosh same here right <laughs> like the best episodes were like I'm not even faking this. Like for people <laughs> listening, I'm not even pretending to relearn things. I am actually learning learning things. So you know, fifty some odd lessons later, or episode lessons episodes later, like I'm a super genius because I've learned from all these really smart people, you know, about things that I didn't even know about. So I totally totally with you on that one. It's great to, you know, 
handpick. Oh, I would love to learn, you know, from this person or that person. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So just look at all the things you got and what we'll do is we'll put it in the show notes. So we've got become a media maven. Um, what are some of the links that you've got? Like what are some of the places people can go to contact you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Christina all day. So nice. you guys can find me there. I'm super active. All day. All day. Um, and really the reason for that is just because it was the same handle that was available on Twitter and Instagram Smart. and Pinterest and LinkedIn. Yeah. I try to keep it all consistent. Yeah. Um, makes sense. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, my site is media maven and more.com. Okay. And if you head to media maven and more.com slash publicity, I would love to invite everybody, um, listening to jump into my three day video series. It's like a media mini class where we teach you how to pitch to get publicity and turn that publicity into profit. So you can get that again at media maven and more.com slash publicity. Cool. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for just hanging out with me Thank on a you. Tuesday. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll send every, everyone that way. And I'll even want to talk to you about some of our own media here because we've got some great stories to tell and we want to help people. So that's really exciting. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, thanks again. And for everyone else listening, if you learn something like the three E's or or get over it if you're being shy and get over it. You, yeah, if you learned any of these things, then share this with someone else so you can get that kind of knowledge in their in their face. And then sign up for that three day video course. And for everyone else, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will see you all next time.